Welcome to Sunday Music Soapbox, Episode 4, Oh, Those Drummers, Part 2. Today you're in for a real treat, people. If you're an avid skateboarder fan and you know your skateboarder history, plus you love skateboard music, punk rock, etc., you are going to really, really enjoy this episode. Our special guest for today is none other than Ohio skateboarding legend and outstanding drummer, Joe Waller, a.k.a. Joe Motion. I was lucky enough to meet and get to know Joe a few years back while visiting my parents near my hometown of Canton, Ohio. A childhood friend of mine, Ryan Davis, asked me if I ever knew a guy named Joe Waller. I said, uh, no, as I moved away from Ohio at age seven and didn't move back till I was 18. Long story short, this guy, Joe, sounded like someone I would really hit it off with musically. When I looked him up, I realized he lived literally a mile and a half from my parents' house. I went over to visit, introduced myself, and we had an amazing time talking all things drumming, music, and finding out actually how many mutual friends we have in the music industry. It was crazy. So recently I asked Joe if he would like to be featured in our Oh Those Drummers episode, and he said yes. And let me tell you people, this man Joe is at no time at a loss for words. Wow! I mean, I thought I was a talker. It took me quite some time to edit this interview down, as it was about a full two hours long originally. But I'm proud of the editing job, though, and I think you'll be happy with the results. The episode is about half on Joe's pro skateboarding career and the other half his drumming career. This guy, though, Joe Waller, you're going to love him. He is hilarious, hilarious anecdotes, funny impersonations, silly one-liners, and what is really, really special about Joe is his amazing, positive outlook on life. He has been doing weekly positive, encouraging messages on social media for like the past four years. It's pretty amazing. So get ready for a crap ton of awesome skateboarder stories, skate history, along with lots of fun drummer stories, including memoirs from Joe's experience with his band, Dysfunctional Ray, and their long run and back-to-back-to-back years on the Vans Warp Tours in the late 90s and through the early 2000s. All right. Joe Waller, how you doing, man? Not bad, man. What's happening? Now you you go by you got a AKA, don't you? What do you go what else? Yeah, Joe Waller, AKA Joe Motion. Okay. Stage yeah. name I've had for twenty plus years and you know, always being the drummer in the way back. And I wanted people to know he's not just the drummer, man. That's Joe Motion. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, <laughs> let me tell everybody, let's talk about how we met. It was the funniest thing. A couple summers ago, I was I was well, I, I, I was born in Canton, and I for a brief period of time, I lived in Massillon. I heard you were from UCLA, Upper Canton, Lower Akron. What up that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's that might be correct. And uh, and but uh, but a good friend of mine, when I my my first best friend from Masson, Ohio, shout out to Ryan Davis. I was yes. I got back together with him, and he goes, "Hey man, you know this guy named Joe Waller?" I'm like, "Joe Waller? No, I don't think I do." Oh man, you got I could I should hook you up with him, man. You guys could hang out. And what it was? What I called you, and the next day I came over. Yep, yep. And I love Ryan, man. Bless him and his beautiful family. Yeah. I mean, I was teaching his daughter for for a year there, and I've known Ryan since first grade. Yeah, that's like old school. He's my homie. You know, even when he's a, a full time cop and all that. He would show up, you know, at my gigs or band practice, something like all my bandmates would get nervous. I'm like, no, no, no. He's cool. He's cool, man. He's cool. Yeah. yeah. He and, you know, Tony as well. Possibly. It sounds familiar. We are, we're all on the same block trading kiss cards, man, back in the day. Back nice. In, you know, that was the thing. Uh, but yeah, so I can't, I remember I came over to your house, man, and, and you, you are, you are, you're just a kind soul, bro. And I, I think we just gelled. 
we started talking. I, I was at your house for like what three and a half hours. Like, yeah, dude, out. that was crazy. That's funny you said kiss cards. I had like Star Wars and Mork and Mindy cards showing oh, my yeah. age. Showing oh, my yeah. age. No, I know, you know, I know. I, know. I admit I it. You know, we try and mask those things for the young ladies, but then it's too late. <laughs> it's already out there. Oh, dude. Well, hey, yep. Yeah, you and I have uh, talked a lot, but let's for the people. Let's let's go back to the roots. What got what got you started? I'll tell you. No, I was I was a full time professional skateboarder. Like, dude, many many years. I mean, my to my late twenties uh, doing skateboarding. Twenty five major endorsements. Been through all almost all fifty states. The main reasons I got into skating is my best friend, uh, Dave Courtney, who now lives in California, and his little brother's in my other band, my national band, Dysfunctional Ray, and we all grew up in the same neighborhood, and I remember it was my sophomore, junior year, and he's like, hey, dude, I got a skateboard, and I got an extra one for you, and dude, we should try this. It's pretty cool, because I was getting out of wrestling and kind of was into sports, whatnot, but I just pretty much sucked at sports. I just, uh, and then I wasn't really big on a, authority i've always been kind of going against the grain and yeah. the only the only thing i learned from wrestling was how many lights were on the ceiling because i couldn't get the weight to be a good wrestler i was yes. i was 60 i was like 68 pounds i was i was 70 <laughs> i was 78 pounds my freshman year yeah. in high school and i started at wrestling because i was i was good enough to have the attitude but i couldn't hold the weight on and i just got you know thrown around i was like man and i remember my coach mate uh rest in peace coach Bruball. This is a crazy story, but one of the times I actually made somewhat weight was for a Christmas tournament, and the kid was a complete turd who I was wrestling. He kept on whispering yeah. stuff in my ears about my height, and and then he kind of put his elbow in the back of my head, and he was doing just derogatory stuff, smacked me in the back of the head with his elbow. And shit. Well, me, I was raised by five older brothers, so I was told yeah. someone physically touched you or gets kind of uncomfortable, you defend yourself. So yeah. I ended up punching this kid right in his freaking nads. <laughs> Merry and Christmas. I smacked him in his head like a little girl, like like a, like a little dog. <laughs> Pow! And I remember this guy blowing the whistle. Brip, brip. And my, oh, my team stood up. All their teams stood up. And my coach ran out and grabbed me. I was just like, coach, he physically touched me. I'm not. I was told I wasn't. And the guy was like, this is not big time wrestling. He's disqualified. Get him out of here. And my team was like, dude, that was freaking awesome. And I remember like, dude. <laughs> and, and, and a drummer and a skateboarder was born, right? Hence, yes, yes. Uh, let's, 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 that's why I play drums. I get to tell people, I get to hit things that don't come back to me. That's, you know, <laughs> yes, play more drum. My motto is play more drums, choke less people. So yeah. it's like, you know, but all sincerity, man, from that point on, my, about two weeks later, my coach yanked me aside. Like, I can still remember like it was yesterday. He said, hey, Joe, you got a minute? I was like, yeah, what's up, coach? He goes, I, I need to talk to you. And I was like, okay. He goes, I, I mean, this is serious. I'm like, oh, crap. I'm thinking, I know I'm in trouble for what I did. I know I did. I know I did wrong. But, hey, he goes, I got to tell you right now, I'm going to start off the conversation by telling you, I wish this team, this whole schooling system and team had the heart of you. And I'm sorry you can't make the weight and you're having troubles. And this and that, but I'm telling you right now, I'm sorry like, that this may not be the sport for you. And, you know, there's something out there for you. You got such a great personality. You got great tenacity. You're a great kid. You're just strong-willed. There's something out there for you. And I'm like, I was kind of heartbroken. Yeah. And he hugged me and I kind of got a little teary-eyed and he's, don't cry. I said, because I just, I just, you're not making the weight. And in order yeah. to wait, wrestle in this, in this sporting event, you got to have the weight on to match your what you're wrestling and you're just not getting it yeah and you're not in it your metabolism is yeah imagine it yeah so you know, what, what's the next step though so what did you skateboarding was next 
a few weeks later, man, my buddy got a hold of me. I told you, my best friend Dave Corey said, Hey, I got two skateboards, let's try it. And I first time I hopped on the board and I did something, I said, Oh my gosh, what 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 am I doing here? This is the most glorious thing. And then 20 years later, every day, almost seven days a week, I skated every day. That was just my luck. I thought I would skate till I'm 100 years old, which I found out when I retired that that's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> you know, so you're looking at 20 plus years, 25 major endorsements, traveling. I made it to the nationals. I've been to the semifinals, all the big pros. I actually grew up in. And I've had some of the big wigs, you know, like Steve Caballero, the Bones Brigade, uh, Tony Hawk, uh, Matt Hensley from 8th Street, nice. uh, yeah. you know, Peanut Brown, Steve Chenier, may rest in peace. Uh, my buddies from uh, Team Zorlak and uh, Everett Rosecrans, who actually first brought me. I was with Vision, uh, which we can get into that, too. I, in 1988, I had this skull hat and I had this kick-ass Vision shirt. It was the coolest thing. I yeah. I have pictures of me wearing it yep. like, all the time, like to Anthrax concerts and stuff like that. Dude, I got five grand worth of product from them for seven years. <laughs> five to twenty. I mean, no one's nice. thinking five grand a year. Seven years span. I was with them. I signed with them. I probably accumulated over, you know. Hundred thousand dollars the this free stuff, <laughs> and I gave away so. And my family always they, they my mom got to be so cool with the UPS guy. They would sit and have coffee. Get Joe up so we can find out what he got. <laughs> and you know, I come home from school and the box is already open. My brother's got new clothes on. My mom's got a brand new you know vision shoe hat on with new vision socks on. And I'm thinking, what's going on? <laughs> what the here? hell? So I, Those are my first clothes. Few, yeah, the first few times I was like, hey, what's going on? My bro's like, you snooze, you lose. Your package came in, bro. I'm like, I'm at school. <laughs> so, you know, after after the, the first five years, I was just enthused yeah. and, and, and elated that my family was so supportive and all that, you know. But, yeah, I got into skateboarding. I did it for, you know, before I decided to get to go amateur, I was in it for a good eight to ten years. Nice. And I felt that I hit a level that, you know, that I could, you know, be at semi-demo in and be an amateur skateboarder, which you go from amateur to pro status. And I wanted to, pro, I was amateur uh, for a good, you know, three to five years, uh, amateur, well, good three years amateur, you know, yeah. and then, uh, and then I went pro. I represented Ohio besides a young kid named Tim Wodusky. I remember his name. Uh, him and I represented Ohio for Virginia Streetwear. We were the voice in the face of Ohio. Yeah. I was that for eight years. That's cool, man. Like I got my shoe, I got, like I got my straight stuff straight from you know, the biggest company in the world time. And then they blew up. Yeah. Multi-billion dollar company that just, I called in one day to make an order and like, Hey dude, our company's, you know, we're going to bankruptcy. We're shutting down. Uh, <laughs> the owner disappeared. Yeah. The owner disappeared. And it was like, what? I was a kid, 17 years old. You know, I was like, you know, I was with them. I mean, right. Retired from skateboarding. It was my early twenties, you know, and I graduated and it was like, it was crazy because I did I did it all for why didn't I mean I'm trying to get my math straight I should tell you I I can't I can't add or subtract but I can multiply <laughs> <laughs> but I went to Jackson you know what I mean yeah. so nah they're pretty good <laughs> but I just uh, so many years of doing it and then I just you know it got to the point that it got political you know sure. what I mean yeah sad to say that I retired from skateboarding but when you hit a level of what I what I continue doing you I mean yeah. you make a lot of friends you make a lot of people that you thought were your friends. And, you know, you're going to always free clothing. You're on, I was on Nickelodeon, MTV Sports, uh, ESPN. I mean, I was on all those formats. Like Dan Cortez interviewed me, you know, 
really quick. I mean, just stuff like that, MTV Sport. Yeah. And it was like, but I didn't know about this stuff that was on the air until someone would call me. Hey, dude, yeah. I'm watching MTV right now, and you're on it. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Turn on TV and I'll call on. I didn't know I was in, in Trans World Skateboarding Magazine. You know, you say Trans World today, they get yeah. so, you know, <laughs> a buy magazine. Hey, that would be cool, too, you know? whatever. <laughs> exactly. Hey, my, my, hey, my motto is to each his bone. You know what I mean? Right. I'm, I'm, nice. yeah, yeah. I'm open-minded, not open-behinded, but I give everybody the most respect. Nice. You know, yeah. people have their own in this day and age. If you don't have an open mind, you're going to have a headache. Oh yeah. And that's the thing. And I learned that myself being judged my appearance, my whole life, I've always been judged. You know, who's this little guy coming? What's he going to do? Or what's this guy? Oh, who's this little guy coming to the skate park? What's he going to Then they see me skate and everybody's jaw drops. Yeah. The first people to come up and have me sign their pads or or meet their mom or just, you know, yeah. hey, and I became, you know, my buddies would call me the Pied Piper of skateboarding because everywhere I went, I'd have like 60, 50 kids following me everywhere. They thought I was a kid, you know, and it's like, yeah. I'm not, I'm a grown man, but they used to lose their mind. And but I've met so many beautiful people. I mean, uh, really quick one time, uh, I got called in to do a demo uh, in, in Peora, Illinois. Is I was one of the only pros that came in. Uh, two other big pros came in from Chicago, Jesse Newhouse and a few other guys, Bill Danforth, you know, and it was like, so, but they were there and to do on, it was raised money for the muscular dystrophy and the Marsha Dimes. Great. Yeah. And they were there to do that. I got called in. They said, Hey, we'll pay for half of your ticket. If you get here, we want you to be here for this demo in this competition. We need someone, you know, who's big in the industry. You know, we, we can't afford, and you know, like, I mean, obviously they couldn't afford like Tony Hawk or you know, yeah. Gator or Sosoy, you know, so they got a whole some other big pros that got in that, you know, still cost money to get in. And it ended up being like, you know, 70 skaters to, to 115 skaters showed up. And I was like in the top eight, you know, top, I was like the top guy there, you know, next to a few other guys Yeah. and three, five and eight, three, five and eight channel were there and they filmed me. They did this. And I, I was told that I, I didn't find out till five days before I was flying out there that if I wanted to raise money for the whole competition thing, I could. And I raised like 800 bucks in five days. And I was the number one raiser. I still have that plaque. They give me a plaque for being the number one fundraiser for that whole thing. And I have that plaque in my, in my den. Good on you. One of my most prized possessions, man, in this world. Cause I started to realize that I could use somewhat of my fame or what I was doing to me. I, I still, even today, people are like, Hey, well, dude, Joey Wall's a rock star. Oh, dude, Joey's here. It's like, nah, if rock star means that all my mom's bills are paid, then where do I sign? Right, right. I that's, that's the to me. It's like you know, I'm blessed to have these friends that are on. I've had buddies that are on the cover of Rolling Stone and and skateboarding magazines, and you know I've had Tony Hawk call me with Steve Van Dorn from my helicopter. I've had these moments that are surreal, but it's like man, these people are just like us. Yeah, going back to like sizing up, you were saying people sizing you up for the people listening. That I mean, a lot of people know who you are. For the people that don't know, give us some background about you know. Your your physical you know stature and what the, the whole deal with that and what why somebody like that would size you up. I was born actually you know I'm I'm only four foot seven, yeah. but they say, they say big things come in small packages, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. But I've always been you know the kind of little guy in the room and this and that, but the guy with the biggest mouth. <laughs> I can always spend <laughs> myself, and I used to always people in high school. You know, I, I actually thought about it. I got older. You know, my book's coming out. I got offered a book deal the past year or so. I'm getting a book coming out and some other deals. And it's like, man, sometimes I feel like I wasn't picked on enough in school. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. come on, bring it. I'll bring it. I was the only freshman allowed in senior parties because I made everybody laugh. Being a being the drummer that I was and I did drum corn and all that stuff, my, my best friend my freshman year was a senior guy. And 
uh, he took me to like all these senior parties, like just, you know, and it was like, wow, you know, it's really cool to have a friend like that when you're just a, you know, little freshman coming into high school. Exactly. It shows like that, man. That's because that's the thing. When I was a freshman, like my first day, like my first or like first week going into the cafeteria, I'm like, this is huge. Where am I going to sit? Who am I going to sit with? Yeah. And lucky enough, I had other friends and hey, what's up? And I was still kind of in sports. And I'm like, hey, what's up? Oh, I sit with us, buddy. And then the first week, I remember this guy, Mark Lau, Mike Fisher, and Scott Jones. They were like the basketball stars, like colleges were looking at them. And, you know, these are like juniors and seniors. And, and I guess they came over to my table and said, hey, dude, you're sitting with us for this year. I'm like, what's up? They're like, yeah, you're sitting with us. Come on over, buddy. I remember just sitting with them being, wow. And lo and behold, <laughs> one of my mentors in life, who's my best friends in life, Coach Larry Taylor from Jackson High School, the most winningest coach, basketball coach in the history of Stark County. He was my mentor from my freshman year to my senior year, and he's still one of my best friends today. Like, I love the guy. Wow. And he's like, a, he's almost like, I wouldn't say like a, a, he's a pillar in my life, but there's times he knew that my mom and dad got divorced. And, he was to, he used to help me out and he helped me out a lot with life. And even when I wanted to fight in school, he would yank me up and he would sit me down and this and that. Well, lo and behold, I found out like 30 years later having dinner with him and his wife because he just brought to my attention that my name got brought up to be nominated in my high school alma mater to be on the plaque on the wall of fame. I just found out like a year ago. Oh, cool, yeah. And and his wife and his wife took me to dinner and he fessed up that he told those juniors and seniors, the big wigs kids, you see Joey Waller in your lunch class or you ever see him anywhere, you watch over him or you make him sit with you, you don't let anybody get near him. He fessed up that he put the big wigs on me to watch over me that my whole freshman year. That's, that was sweet. It was like I never, you know, I, I just really, I mean, sad to say growing up in my high school early years, and you know, I lost two brothers, you know, mm-hmm. which is a big part of my life. A year apart, almost the same day, my brothers passed away. Wow. Uh, yeah. That changed my life, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. From 81 to 82, that happened. So it was like I was kind of fending for myself at school, and, you know, a lot of people knew my other big brothers, and it's like, you know, but I was fending for myself, you know, get my books knocked out. I'm the first one to say, hey, you got a problem? Let's, let's go. Yeah. You feeling froggy? Jump. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like, who's this little guy? What's he going to do? Yeah. I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give I know I'm gonna give a few people in this room black eyes. I'm going to get my, get my up-ins and my, <laughs> I'm going to get a few thump-ins. But well, dude, someone's, you're, you're going to walk over, you're going to limp back. I'll dude, I knew, I, I, as shit. soon as I met you and I came over, dude, you, you got so much spunk and uh, just just <laughs> heart in you, man. It, it's so great. And um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just like that too, man. I'm, I'm a big go-getter in life, man. And, you know, I see you, and I'm not going to lie, man. I was like, look, look, look at this stud. He's like six foot four, you know, comes, comes in very well educated, could speak very well, has done some cool <laughs> He's shit. a drummer and he and can I'm, actually he speak well. Awesome. <laughs> yes. I mean, the guy's very, he's not like, what up, dog? <laughs> <laughs> I bang on shit. Damn, what up? Damn, homie. It's like, nah, you came in. You're like, hello, hey, Joseph. Uh, Ryan talked very highly. And, I'm thinking, and then you mentioned about you teach him like he's a teacher. And dude, I was like, and then we were laughing and I think. You said something. I laughed and we cracked back and forth. I'm like, this guy's a big kid. Yeah. He's a big kid. Yeah, dude. Now, tell you right I, now, I, man, you're one, you're one of the nicest people I've met in the music industry and drumming-wise. Oh, and now from a friend of a friend. But you're probably one of the most well-educated, nicest drummers I've met in my career thus hey, far. Hey, Joe, man. I appreciate that, man. Right back at you. Um, in your skateboarding experience, 
what's the one big moment that stands out that 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 one shining moment that you had there or or, or two. What, what changed my life was a few moments there's a big competition in dayton they always call it cow skates in the shop i became friends with them uh in a nutshell the big huge competition came in town all the big wigs were there 70 biggest professional skateboarders in the world are at this skating rink huge competition they made a video it's called cow skates i love those people they put up with me i don't know how long and me being this hungry you know 17 year old skater that this is all my life i want to do this for the rest of my life i think it's time for me to get an endorsement so i begged some of my friends to go to this competition in dayton we drove to dayton my mom let me go my mom you know she's always watching over me and being a mama angel waller sure. my, one of my best friends in the world you know my dad my family so supportive of my skateboarding my big brother renzo rich steve and chris um, my brother david all my just my big brother my whole family so supportive of my skateboarding so i was like, you know what it's time to get to the next level so i ended up going to that competition well i ended up finding out cow skates had some of the big wigs in the back in the mini ramp i'm thinking i gotta get in there so i pulled my talk in i mean i don't know what it is i that's one thing i can say that you know i have the ability to sell a glass of ice cubes to a naked Eskimo. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll talk to people and make them give shit back they didn't even steal. You know yeah. what I mean? I just I just have that. This is what I do. I, I have always been. My talking has saved my ass sure. out of many ass whoopings. You yeah. know, I didn't know I was a girlfriend. I didn't know. I thought that was maybe your hot mom. I didn't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like you be being quick and witty. So what'd you do? You have so to what'd you do? You went back there and what? So I finally got back there and I walked back there and dude, the head honcho the team manager of Vision Skateboards is there. Rob Deerdick's there, which he's huge now. Ridiculousness. I've known Rob since he was 14, one of my closest buddies. And Krishna Soy's there. Uh, Mark Gonzalez is there. Like yeah. a handful of like the real, anybody who's old school skaters will know these names. Like the hair on the back of your neck stand yeah. up. So I'm in there, this 17 year old kid, 16 year old kid in there, finally got into this room, private party room private skateboarding session and just talking. I was like, there's, 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 there's the head. Someone's was like, dude, that's the head guy for vision. Street Yard. And it just come, he just came out like five months before. So they were blown up. Yep. So I walk over and say, Hey guys, how you doing? Say, hey, what's up? And there's Everett Rosecrans, big guy in skateboarding, van shoes, skateboarding, uh, BMX riding. His son was there. Kelly just went pro for vision and uh, another guy, all the big wigs. So I come over and I start talking to, uh, to Everett. I was like, hey, I'm Joe Waller, and I just want to introduce myself. And uh, to be honest, I love your company. I love everything you guys are doing right now. I'm looking to take my career and my life and my love of skateboarding to the next level. How do we make this happen? What do we need to do? And they just turned around, and Everett was like, oh, shit, young man. <laughs> I, if I would have known you, I thought, I thought you were selling me something. I said, I am. I'm selling you me <laughs> yeah. as a product. Right. This is what it is. I said, I said, and this will be one of the best decisions you've ever made in your life if you take the time off to listen to me. And he was like, okay. So he brought me aside. We talked. He this and that. And I told him about my resume. I've been doing this. I've been skate for for you know a good ten years. I got videos. I got video footage off the Yin Yang. I've qualified for so many tournaments. I've done the NSA National Skateboard Association. Love them. They're always good to me in my life. So, lo and behold, that was like a day before the big competition. So I introduced myself, talked to him. He goes, well, let me call my people. Let me have your contact number. Let me have all your information, buddy. Let me call my people. Because like I said, we're here for the competition. We've got a bunch of pros in this competition, this contest this weekend. And we're kind of networking. And, you know, we're building stuff. As you know, we're kind of a new company still. And he said, but I'll tell you right now, 
I like your attitude. And his son was like, dude, dude, you're a cool motherfucker. I was like, yeah. part of my French. I was like, yeah. So he gave me knuckles. And, and I was like, oh, gee. And the whole time, kind of like back of my mind going, hold together, hold together, hold together. Because my buddy's next to me, my best friend, Dave, who got me started. He's like, dude, I can't believe you just went up to them and gave that spiel. Yeah. He's like, you were meant to say that. And you were meant to do what just happened. Yeah. Yeah. So I did it. And I went up there. And I talked to him. He goes, he goes, how about this? When the comp after the competition, we'll try to be in touch with you and we'll see what we can do. I'll let you know. And uh, young man, you really impression you. You really put a good impression on me. I want to shake your hand and I got to give you a hug, buddy. You, you just keep skateboarding. Don't think about any business. Keep skateboarding. And he gave me a hug. And the next day, the big competition was going on. And I went there and got everybody's photo and was meeting people. Met Stacy Peralta. Oh my gosh. You know, yeah. Bones Brigade. This is like the, and he ended up going on the Fox and making all the Fox commercials, all the special effects. He ended up doing all that stuff. He's he's still the, one of the biggest guys in California for that. Cool. And this is like the head of the Bones Brigade. Like all, everybody was there. And I was like a kid. These are all my idols, you know. Jeff Grosso was, and he just passed away. Oh, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, Krishna Soy. And, and it's like everybody. Then I see Kelly. He rolls up in this big ramp by me where I was standing at. I had to get near like the, the, the like the arena area where they're skating. He's like, "What's up, dude? Give me knuckles, bro." And he gave me knuckles, dude. My dad really liked you, man. You really said the magic words, bro. You know, we're gonna talk. I'm gonna put some good words in too. And I've been talking about you, dude. Dude, I just love your attitude, buddy. All right, bless you, man. Love you, buddy. Give me a big hug and kiss me on my forehead. I'm thinking like, and people around me are like, "Did he just get a hug? Get some Kelly Rose friends?" <laughs> you know, this, so. I'm meeting everybody and just running around. I'm like, you know, dig dug. I'm popping up everywhere. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I got like at least 25 of my friends with me, skateboarding buddies. We all went. And next, you know, it dwindled down to like 10 people with me. Not everybody wanted to follow me around. I wanted to go. There. I wanted to meet every pro in the building. Yeah. I wanted to meet everybody. Yeah. And this is a chance. This is like, you know, this is Networking, like working, man. My I couldn't believe it. All these my people I, that I watched videos and grown up to, they're in front of me. Yeah. They're like they're they're right there. How old were you then? How so, old are you now? When that? Oh, dude, sixteen years oh, yeah. old, maybe. It's exciting, seven, man. Sixteen, That's seven. really exciting. Oh, dude, sixteen, and right in the prime of my skateboarding, right in like just the this the I could smell it, like I could, I could just like, you know, I'd sleep with my board next to my bed. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just, you know, it's just just that feeling. Yeah, it's like you know when you yeah. get, when you get a new snare drum. My ex used to get mad because I'll bring my new snare drum to bed. She's like, no. I'm like, it's cold. it's cold in that room. She's like, put it next to the bed. That's it. That's it's not awesome, going to the dude. You got to be hungry. If you want it, you got to be hungry. You got to thank you. Gotta go get it. The next, the big competition went on, and I seen everybody, met everybody. But now, lo and behold, about three hours before that competition started inside, before the kids in, everybody's outside skating. You got about 500 kids outside skating. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just skating around the curbs and the parking lot. Well, I started skating and started doing tricks. And next thing you know, I had a crowd of like 300 kids around me. They had to call security and grab me and take me into the venue before anybody else was allowed. Because these kids were losing their mind. Oh, yeah. Cool. This little guy, what's he doing? Oh, my gosh, this guy's the coolest thing ever. What's he doing? What is that? Why is he doing that? Oh, he's different. Oh, my gosh. You know, what I consider, <laughs> you know, and what people yeah. don't know, it's like, you know, they get excited. and It's new. It's different. You know, my yeah. whole life I've dealt with things. I've always had to deal with things because, I mean, I'm not your average Joe. You know what I mean? That's the truth. Like you that. go to my website, it says that on top, which is motionjoe.com. And if you wants to hit it up, that's my website, my yeah. life and everything. Has everything on there, you know? Yeah. So I'm gonna have to add your goofy ass and then a picture in there, my my bio stuff in there. Have you on there? So so, but, uh, so you have so to take inside. Yeah, so you ready? That's then after that, that's when I go to the competition, meet all the big pros. I'm seeing everybody. 
And I'm still friends with a lot of those guys today, man. So the competition is done. My The biggest pro skaters in the world named Tommy Guerrero, he won the competition. So I'm kind of losing my mind. It's like Tommy Guerrero is one of my favorites. So the competition was done about 7.30. So we heard, I heard through the grapevine that Johnny Rad and the Air Jordans, which is this huge skateboarding punk band, you know, was playing at one of the local little local bars in Dayton. And all the pros were going to this party. And I'm thinking, I got it. I got it. I got to be there. Yep. So, so I talked to my best friend. I said, dude, can we go? He's like, yeah, dude, screw it. If you can get us in, I'll go. And one of the younger, younger skateboarders named Matt McElroy, a good buddy of mine, he was there with me. And so me, Dave, and, and Matt, and uh, a few of us, my buddy Todd, I think, went. And Todd Luckovitz, great family. I grew up with the Luckovitz family, beautiful people. He took me everywhere on skateboarding, too. He took me, got me to a lot of places. So lo and behold, I got directions to this bar. Dude, we're all, like all four of us, you know, these little ratty skate kids. Yeah. Dude, we're underage. Yeah. But lo and behold, someone was there. And one of the people that worked the bar, they worked there or something. One of the girls, she was there with her son. And they see me skateboard outside and seeing the crowd and seeing what kind of buzz I got. So she stuck her neck out and she told the owner, hey, this kid's one. He's actually one of the youngest skateboarders in the world. He's pro. We got to let him in. I'm his buddies in. I know he's underage. They won't touch any drinks except soda, but we got to let him in this party. So she stuck her neck out. And then plus she whispered in my ear, I think he's the cutest little thing ever. So I was like, oh, my gosh. So <laughs> I, ended up, I ended up, you know, milking that, getting nice. us in this party. And we're there. We're hanging out. We're walking around. We're hanging out. And I'm Tony Hawk, Mark Gonzalez, Gator Rogowski. Lester Kasai, Monty Nolder, just Billy Ruff, Jim Gray, just just Tommy Guerrero is there, the winner. Yeah. He told me that he all he had all five grand in his pocket. He goes, dude, I'm from <laughs> South Central. I don't put my I don't put my money else in by my my pocket, man. <laughs> so he won, and we're talking. I'm talking to my, I'm talking to everybody. I'm talking to this and that, and they're like, wait, how did you get in here? I'm like, oh, he's part of the. He knows Kyle Skates, and he got in. He's he's pretty. He knows some people. Well. Lo and behold, I look over and I see uh, Everett Rosecrans from Vision. Yeah. I look over and I say, what's up? I look at him. He goes, oh, come here. I was like, hey. And I walked over. He goes, look at you, dude. How did you get in? How are you even here? Because they're drinking. They're partying. They're yeah. session. Johnny Radden, Air Jordan, just one of the biggest bands in the you know skateboarding history. And I'm there. Fights are breaking out. Bottles getting broken. Jesse Martinez is breaking bottles. Everybody's partying. It's a full-on rager. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I look over in the booth. There's Tony Hawk with all his the big wigs. Yeah. You know, so I go sit with Tony for after I talk to to Everett. He says, "Hey, mingle around, make your rounds, brother." He said, "Come back, I need to talk to you." So I walk around. I sit with Tony Hawk. I'm sitting with Tony Hawk. He's talking. <laughs> him and Martin's out. And Tony's like, "What's up, buddy? Hey, I seen you earlier, man. Nice meeting you, man. Give me knuckles, buddy." I'm like, "Okay." And he's like, "I'm like, oh my gosh, this is Tony Hawk." And he's they're telling stories about their skateboarding stories. And and what's funny is that. I kind of, I didn't bring it up. Tony did. My picture in Transworld Magazine is a huge half-paid picture that I'm doing a trick in, on this on this cement thing in Dayton, Ohio. Well, lo and behold, before this party, we were all skating this kind of sneaky park that no one knows about. Rob Deerdick, everybody, and all the bigwigs came. Tony was there. Well, lo and behold, I'm cruising. I'm just skating everything going nuts in this cement, this cement little area. And I cut Tony Hawk off. He almost falls off his board. That I was that him. was back when you took that picture. Yeah, that's well, no, oh, oh, his name's O. That's okay. all his letter O. 
He's one of the most well-known photographers no, no, no. in the history of skateboarding. I was saying that was, I'm trying yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. the placement of yeah. the story. O took that picture. Yeah, okay. O took that picture. Because I cut Tony Hawk, and I did a trick, and O said, hey, dude, hey, hey buddy, do that trick again. So I kept, so I said, oh, I'm, I didn't mean to cut you off, bro. He goes, nah, dude. He goes, I'm good. I'm saying, yes, I was in your way. And everybody started laughing. They're like, dude, he just cut off Tony Hawk. You know, and Tony's like, dude, it's my fault. And I was like, no, no, I'm just excited. So I came back and I did the trick and I heard the camera go click and I got the photo. Tony gave me knuckles. He said, do you know how that is? I said, no. He goes, that's O for Transworld Magazine. I said, shut up. He goes, nah, dude, that's, he goes, I'll put in a good word. So okay. So lo and behold, that night I sat at the table with Tony. He goes, dude, man, you were killing me. You were flying around that park. No one could see you, man. You were going so fast. And said, he said, yeah. He said, dude, you cut me off that one time. And everybody laughed. I thought it was funny, man. <laughs> everybody was like, everybody was like, oh, tell that kid he can't cut off Tony Hawk. And I'm Tony Hawk. And I said, dude, that was the shit. This kid just <laughs> cut me off. He's having fun. Yeah. So he told all the big wigs there that night about my part, me cutting him off. That's and great, it was kind of funny. I, I kind of felt good, you know. He kind of, Tony could tell I was nervous. Yeah. So he kind of, he, he kind of, you know, let me, you know, he called me down, got me a, got me a soda. And he's like, dude, just, it's cool, man. Just enjoy. How old are you? I told him, he was, dude, this is a big point of your life right now. I'm skateboarding. He said, just enjoy every moment. So I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Calm, calm down. Calm <laughs> breathe, down. breathe. So I see Mr. Res- Rosecrans look at me and go, like, come here. I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm freaking out. So I walk over, my bro, my bro Dave and I. I said, what's up, bro? He goes, hey, you got a minute? I said, well, yeah. He goes, you know what? I called the big wigs. My son has been on me like a cheap suit. I'll tell you right now, man, you really impressed me. And question, was that you that made that big stink outside about the skateboard? Everybody's losing their mind about it. So, yep, because I knew it. <laughs> he said, I call the big wigs right now. We're still in the process of putting our main team together. But right now, we're starting a B team. I said, that's, he said, you're not going to go on the big trips. Not going to do this and that. You won't be getting paid. But you'll be getting enough, you'll be getting enough product, enough to get you started in your amateur career. I said, what do you mean? He goes, welcome to Vision Streetwear. You are the first person we've signed to an endorsement deal for our B team. We started the B team because of you. Because we know there's people, there's young kids out there that are hungry and they have the drive. You impressed me so much and I want to thank you. Welcome to Vision Streetwear. You're our newest, you're our newest sponsor. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. So I like got teary eyed. I was like, dude. He goes, cry. And Kelly turns around and goes, dude, I told you, man, you knocked that out of the park. Dude, just man here. Let me give you a hug. Congratulations. I wanted to tell you like yesterday at the competition, my dad told me no because my dad my dad wanted to sign you on the spot, but he had to make phone calls. But dude, welcome to welcome to Vision. <laughs> and then he gave me a big hug and told me you love me. And they said, dude, you'll be getting your you call in. You let me know. You you send me an email what you need. We'll give you a hotline number. You'll call and you'll make an order once a month of all the skateboard decks, of all the clothing, all the shoes you'll need for from now until whenever. Yeah, we want to welcome you. You're a beautiful person. You got, you know, you got the heart. You got everything. You are everything that we want Vision to be. And we couldn't thank you enough. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I was just blown away. So the whole night I was on cloud nine, just watching everybody drink and fight and and act crazy around a punk band, which I end up doing in my future years. Yeah. You know, but that's and it's like that's that's so great. And and to have those moments, man, that that's what life's about. Yes. Grab the moment, you know, shake it by the horns and take it for all it's worth. You know, I'll tell you right now, that is not even the moment I was getting to. But I wanted to do the the lead up to one of the most prolific moments of my life today. I was leaving that party that night and 
I was on cloud nine. The whole night air was like, dude, welcome to Vision. Johnny Cop came out to me, gave me a big stack of his stickers. Uh, Mark Gonzalez gave me a stack of his stickers. All these team guys from Vision Street were, were welcoming me to Vision and give me stickers, give me stickers. And Tony gave me the biggest hug that night. And he's like 6'6", six, six, so he got down on one knee. He's like, come here, buddy, bring it in, man. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Welcome to the welcome to the, welcome to the skateboarding, man. I'm proud of you. You know, so he's talking to Christian, and Christian's like talking to him. Good job, buddy. Give me knuckles. What's up, surfer, bro? Yeah. You know, so I'm leaving, and I'm opening the door, and guess who's next to me opening the door with me? Christian Hasoy, who's like one of my like first like go-to people in skateboarding. Like I love this guy. Yeah. I'm not gonna idolize him. But he was one of my people on skateboarding in my uh, growing up. How people have like, you know, Michael Jordan's their favorite basketball player yeah. or whomever, you know, my favorite basketball player is John Starks. Yes, I admit it. And New York Knicks. Yes, for life. So, so skateboarding, yeah. this guy is like one of my like founding fathers of like, I used to watch him, watch his videos and watch him skate all the time and it inspire me. And he goes, hey, buddy, I hear. Uh, so it is true, man. You, you signed a full on major deal with Vision Streetwear. So Yanks, congratulations! I just that's amazing, buddy. That's they man. Did they heard they heard they changed their whole format because of you? I said, dude, that's some that's some big shoes. I'm I'm proud of you, man. And I said, well, Christian, can I tell you something? He goes, Yeah, what's up? And he held the door and looked at me and he goes, What's up? And I said, I I not that's when I was like, like I froze. Yeah, you know, it's like meeting like one of your idols. And I said, I I just want to tell you that you've been a really big part of my skateboarding career and my life in general. I just, I just want to tell you that uh, I think you're, I think you're a great person, and and I just want to let you know that I, I, I really appreciate you, and I love you, bro. And I just, and he got down on one knee, because no, Joe, and he poked me right in my chest. He said, "You are the great one." And he said, "You never forget that, no matter anything this life brings you. Remember, yeah, you were wow. great, yeah." And that was it. That was it wow. for me. And he hugged me and he kissed me on the forehead. And I was like, that's how you treat people. That's how you, you know. And ever since I went from skateboarding and I went pro and all that, dude, I used to give so many stickers away. I used to, you know, teach other skaters. I would, I'd go to parks and take time out to sign stuff. I was constantly doing that in my career. And I'm all, I'm eternal grateful for that. Yeah. You know, and then a moment like that, with, with he said that to me. Because that made me realize of you can be on that level and you can treat people with the common decency and take time out of your life and tell them that they are great too. And that changed my, that changed my life forever. Well, I'll tell you what, man. And, and you, one thing that I, I'm learning too, and I know there's good people comes in all walks of life and all shapes and sizes, but you know, the, the general people like, Oh, you know, skateboard of all those, you know, people might think, Oh, a bunch of punk boards and da da da. Yep. And there's a lot of really good people in that industry. Oh, my whole life, man, my whole life, you know, it's been blessed that I got brought in, Yeah. but it wasn't given to me. wasn't given to me. I went out and got it. Yeah. You know, and I came back and I'll tell you right now, bro, one of the toughest things I ever dealt with in my life was coming home with this big major endorsement and realizing half of my friends are not my friends. They won't talk to me anymore because I'm the only sponsor guy and I'm one of only three sponsor guys in Ohio. So they felt that they couldn't be my friend anymore. And I got in physical fights. I got knocked on. I got dogged on. But I had a core of my best friends who I skated with. They were there for me through thick and thin. And every endorsement that I ever got, I always got them free product. Always hooked yeah. them up. I want to get to how do you transition? When did the drumming bug come in and, and how does that start? 
I got to send you back to skateboarding Do really it. quick. One of the other quick moments, I was in Houston skating this killer red steel ramp. It was like the ramp of my dreams. And it's like, oh my, it's like sitting down to a brand new Gretsch kit that Steve Gadd wouldn't yeah. play. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, you understand sure. my analogy there. This kit, this ramp was so beautiful. It was like a five foot ramp, uh, 30 foot wide, steel coping, steel ramp, but it was hot. And no one really knew how to ride this ramp, but me, it fit me so good that I was doing at least three foot airs out of it. I was doing airs, inverts, and just, just ruling this ramp. I was having, just killing it and having a great time. Well, Gus Koo comes strolling in and pops in and drops in. Tony Hawk. <laughs> and no, no one even realizes it's him. So we start skating. We started shedding. We shedded together for about 45 this is, minutes. This is, uh, this is after the whole thing happened when you got the deal, right? Yep. Oh, this is like, dude, this is like, man, like three years later, two okay. years later. And I ran, I ran Tony to other competitions. We became did pretty he, good friends. He, did he know, oh, dude, did you know he was going to be in town? No, oh, wait, what, not what at happened? all. What did he say when he saw you? <laughs> That's hilarious. He was like, what? he's like, he's like, what's up, man? I'm like, dude, <laughs> what are you doing? He's like, I had a little bit of time. I had a little bit of time. I was here doing a demo. And they told me about this. They told me about the skateboard park and I want to check it out. So lucky enough, you and I got the rent for ourselves. And everybody's just skating. No one's even, there's like maybe 20 people there, 30 people there. And we start shedding. We're shedding for 45 minutes, killing it, having a blast and having fun. Then he gets up and starts taking his pads off and sitting down. I said, dude, I said, come on, old man. You done already? (laughs) You know what he says? As long as Joey Waller's skating, I'm watching. (laughs) And every time I do a trick, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. I don't know how you do that. How do you do that trick? How do you do that trick? I'll do that again. Dude, you're like like a mad scientist with skateboarding. I just love watching you skate, buddy. (laughs) And from there on, we hugged. Maybe three people noticed he was there, and he was leaving. And my buddy's dad goes, hey, dude, we're getting ready to pack up. And Tony Hawk walks by him, and he said, keep an eye on Joe. You got your hands full. And he walked inside. Hey, what's that? Is that Tony Hawk? I was like, yeah. We just had a session. <laughs> my buddy Corey's like, what, Tony Hawk's been here? He's even skating with Tony Hawk. I'm like, <laughs> but I was so – I, I figured people wouldn't know. No, <laughs> no one knew. It was like, like it was a ghost, like, you know, like he, like he was, was like, like a ghost, and then he was out. Oh, dude! It was one of those surreal moments that him and I skated for so long. But uh, yeah, dude, I got, I, I did skateboarding for so long, and I just, I, I, I got burned out, and I retired. I told my companies I was with, give my spot to a younger, more hungry kid. It's getting political. I'm not liking what's going on in the industry today. I was told if I didn't place in the top five of these competitions I was in that my board with my pay would get docked and all this. And it just got to the point that I, I walked away yeah. and I have no, I have no disrespect. I have no ill feelings. I have the friends I made and the friendships I still have today. And I love it. And I did it to the point that I, 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 I didn't, I didn't want to skateboard to the point that I didn't want to skateboard anymore. Yeah. So I, I, I opt out on my, I did it my way and I walked away and I was, I was still pretty high in, in skateboarding at the time before I retired because I was with, uh, when Vision went under, and I got picked up on their company called Airborne, Zorlak. Remember yep. Zorlak Skateboards? Yeah, well, I got picked up by them. And Peanut Brown took me under his wing. Got him Steve Chenier, rest in peace. Uh, and a lot of people took me under their wing for the small. I qualified for the Nationals, bro, on a joke. Like, I was goof. Like, I didn't make it for, I didn't qualify for street. So I started freestyling. And I ended up qualifying for the Nationals. So I said, shit, I might as well go. This is 1988. 1988-89, the Nationals. So I qualified and I went. I, I had to find a new sponsor and everything. 
And Tony pulled some strings and got me on Airwalk shoes. Nice. Yeah. You know? So I was I was with the Airwalk for a few months. Well, I got to the Nationals. Guess who's the person the first person I run into? Tony. Everett Rose oh. Everett Rosecrans. From Vision. My buddy, the head guy yeah. for Vision. Well, he left Vision and he went. Guess who he runs now? No. Who? He runs Van. Oh, Sheen. okay. I see the so connection this now. Is 1980. Yep, 1988, 89. He goes, he goes, what are you, what are you doing here, Joe? I said, dude. He goes, I'm sorry, but I think went down with Vision, man. I'm sorry. I heard you were one of the last people to stay on the boat. I said, yeah, I was plugging holes in my toes, my fingers. I didn't want, to, I didn't want anything. I was, this is my life. He goes, I know. I'm sorry. He goes, who are you with right now? I said, I'm here with Airborne, Zorlak, and I'm still shopping to other sponsors. And you know, he goes, dude, who are you with shoes wise? I said, well, Tony got me on Airwalk. He goes, ooh, that's nice. I said, who are you with? He goes, I'm with Vans. I said, you serious? He goes, yeah, I'm the head, I'm the head of artist relations and connections and team. I'm the head of the team for Vans. I said, are you serious? He goes, yeah. He goes, no respect to Tony, but would you be want would you want to ride for Van shoes? I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I started to cry a little bit. He started to cry. He goes full circle, bro. We're back. We're back as a family again. So boom, I left Airwalk That's went so to crazy, Vans, man. and I've been I've been with Vans since 1988, bro. I signed I signed in 2005, no, 2011. Oh, well, that's I, so cool. I, I I confirmed, I did. I confirmed a lifetime endorsement deal. I'm one of only I'm one of only a handful of people in the world that has a lifetime Vans. That's so great. Deal. Let me, let me, I got a sidebar. My, uh, you know, you remember fast times at Ridgemont high, right? And, uh, the movie. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. yeah. You know what that is? Classic That's my head. Scene. One of the greatest, so you know, stuck. skater scenes. Of, I, uh, me and a million other kids, you know, that was like, I think 1982, the next day, you know, uh-huh. mom, take me to the store, checkered bands. Like it was like that fast the next day and, uh, learn a little bit about skateboarding. My, my friends were always better than me but i got a skateboard and, and you know got stickers and did the whole thing for a while but i was always a drumming drumming nerd yep. drumming guy band geek guy and um i'm jealous of you on that did your chops oh, are out man. of this world man like i can't i can't put a pimple on your butt for chops i had natural ability before i studied and and i um my i was ta- i was taking drum wow. lessons when i was five and my first gig the guy that was teaching me in canton i i my mother can't remember his name for some reason. I can't remember his name. That's so long ago. Um, he had a gig at the Tangiers Lounge in Akron, and which was a hot spot. He, he probably, I think it's, I think it's still there. Oh yeah. And, uh, oh yeah. I got, I got Legendary. to sit in one Legendary, night. Bro. I, I kept a groove. I don't know if I played the song note for note, but I kept a groove to wow. Black Magic Woman. Five years old. That was like my first gig. That was my first <laughs> thing. And then after that came all the studying and the whatever, but I, I just loved it and the, and the drum core stuff. But uh, no, I've never had a, you know, I, the only time I've ever had a toot about what I did was uh, when I went to Ohio State. And I, at that time, the Ohio State drum line was very, very traditional high step. And, and, and they used to wear, oh, yeah. they wore straps. Oh, yeah. They used to wear straps on the side and those drums were full metal drums. They weren't wood. They were metal. So your left arm, were, your, your circulation would cut off in about one minute. And then that's why the drum line sounded so dirty back in the nineties. They couldn't play clean because their arms are asleep. And, and I, and wow. I used to, I, used, and I, I actually tried out for the house day drum on my freshman year. And I got a, I got a 10 on the playing test and I got a six out of 10 cause I couldn't do the high step marching and I had a mullet. Everybody else had crew cuts, you know, and I was like, and, and the guy was really nice, <laughs> but I really, I, 
<laughs> wearing your anthrax just, shirt. You know, I had like I just came in from South Florida off the boat, man. I had I had a mullet, I had gold chains hanging down. I'm wearing a sweater in like 90 degree weather. Well, I tell I tell people mine. we didn't have mullets because that word wasn't invented back then. It was it was called style, baby. But uh, but any exactly. but anyway, I, I, exactly. I, the guy comes up to me. He's like he's like, man, your playing's really great. Da da da. He's like, I I hated the high step marching thing, and he's like, we only have two spots in this snare line. He's like next year for you i'm like thank god and so i went off i marched you know starving in a drum corps and you know one of the greatest drum lines in the world that year and, and second place in drums third place in the championships i had a great experience and i was kind of like i i was, uh, so I was awesome. uh in that way i had a tude because i knew drum corps was at a higher level than any college line and that's what i wanted to do at that time understood and that's the only time i really had any kind of but not really tude but i was like yeah i don't need the Ohio state march and and oh my gosh for me to explain to my grandparents that I, you know, I wasn't going to march in Ohio State marching band and I didn't really want to. That was like sacrilege, dude, you know? And, and it was seriously, then, you know, people don't realize I didn't start drumming till 1996. Yeah. Wow. You know, 1999, three years later, I'm on the warp tour with Green Day, Blink 182, Eminem. My name, my band name is on the list of all those bands yeah. on the tour. The skateboarding stuff is awesome. Let's get to the, the start of the drums for you. How did that start for you? And then, you know, where did you, what bands did you cut your teeth on? And then eventually lead us to the Warped Tour stuff. It's crazy enough that there's a certain point in time from my skateboarding retiring to just, you know, in a partying phase and, and just going out and being with my buddies and stuff. And then, you know, seeing my, going to see my other buddies' bands like, play at little like Y Festival, like, like the, like the, the Y, they put on like bands and have like five bands a night and, you pick a dollar and bring canned food. And, and I remember just like being like blown away by going to these shows. One of my best friends in the world named, named Jeff Dickerson, his band was called Velvet Jones at the time and Brandon Ballas, the drummer. And I remember watching Brandon, I could still close my eyes and this white pearl kit, poppy snare. These cats were just killing it. And I remember like, and I was known as like, you know, Oh dude, you know, professional skateboarder, Joe Waller's here. Oh my gosh. You know, everybody, Oh gosh, Joe's here. And everywhere I'd go to the party, yeah. and that was nice. You know, sometimes it got a little weird, you know, and then uh, I remember I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna maybe get into this music thing. Maybe this is something I could try. So I first started off as a singer. <laughs> and my little, my little <laughs> brother, uh, Jimmy Courtney, and his older brother, my best friend, Dave Courtney. Well, uh, Jimmy was starting how to play guitar. And it was like, you know. And my other buddy, I had a friend of mine named Scott Reese, and killer musician, man. And we first were going to start off as being a Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam uh, tribute band. Like my hair was long. Nice. My hair was long. I did. I thought I was grunge. My hair was long, and I <laughs> the, the the Doc Martens and just the whole. I thought I was, you know. And we were to call it Mini Pearl and have me sing. You know, <laughs> you know that whole analogy there. I was like, oh, dude, it's That's gonna be cool. gold. I okay, I get it. Yeah, it, it, oh it's, gold. it's gold. It's yeah. gold, Jerry. It's gold. You know. <laughs> so lo and yeah. behold, I did that. We sang some songs and we were doing stuff. And I remember just like one day, my my bro Jeff Diggerson, I was telling you about. He was, uh, he's like, hey, dude, we're going to so-and-so indoor basketball park to shoot some hoops. You want to go with us? I'll come by and get you. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I had a drum set in my garage set up there with an old kit, which right now I'm looking at the bass drum. I have it in my office. It's actually holding up my scanner and my printer. I have it as furniture nice. in my house. My my little brother is one of his friends in school. So my dad has a extra drum set. I can bring it over for you guys. But we never could get a drummer to show up. We also had either a bass player. We also had a guitarist and a singer, which is me and my little brother. And 
you know, lo and behold, you know, Jeff was on his way to come get me to go shoot basketball at this indoor play. And I just sat down on that drum set and I had a mason bucket for a snare drum stand. The snare drum stand fell apart, broke. And it just was a beat up old kit with beat up old cymbals. And I remember I sat down and I first hit that kick drum. I could, I could reach it a little bit. I remember hitting that kick drum. And it was my mom's garage too. So I had that thump in the garage, even with the pillow in it, you know. And I remember hitting yeah. that floor tom. No bottom heads on this kid. No bottom heads. And hitting that one top tom. Goom, 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 goom. And I hit that snare, that big fat 5 by 14 steel snare. Shock! I'm like, oh my gosh. And I hit that. And I, always, <laughs> then I hit them all together. I'm like, what? Got, got, got. I said, what? And I, I, Taste the and power. I was like, oh my gosh. I'm actually, I have everything in my life going on. I can hit this as hard as I want. And it doesn't come back to me. This is the most glorious thing for a four foot seven, four foot seven inch, you know, guy who's uh, I weighed about 145 pounds then, and just full of piss and vinegar, you know, angst. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh! And I remember like my buddy pulling up and beeping the driveway, and me running out. He's like, dude, what are you doing? You're sweating. I'm like, I sat behind the drum kit, dude. I was, oh, that's cool. Could not stop thinking about that drum set. I couldn't. Then, then. Got home next day, sat on it. Next day after that, sat on it. Next day after that, about a few months later, I said, dude, I'm going straight from vocals to drums. And I'm going to, uh, my mom, my brother's going to help me get another kit. My big brother worked at Lentines up in Akron. Got my oh, yeah. first professional Yamaha stage custom kit. Green, beautiful. I still own it downstairs. Still on my rack of drums. Nice. So I ended up selling it a few years back. I ended up getting it back. I had to have it back. So. Now, Zampino's, Zampino's. Oh, Zampino. Did I, that's the shop that I, I felt like a total dweeb. I felt like a like a hack walking into because they're all doing And I met a guy named Colin who's so nice to me. And Jason Edwards, who ended up starting ProLogic's drum pads. Hence, one of, my drum, one, of my, one of my drum endorsements still today. I was one of his top, I was in his first 10 artists he signed to a drum endorsement deal. It was uh, ProLogic's. And uh, great drum pad company. So, and then Jason was there at the shop. And I remember every, you know, Phil was, everybody's so nice there, you know, rest in peace, rest yeah. in peace. Yeah. And my my little peace. buddy, Tom Bryfogel is one of his top students. And everybody's just like, oh, Zampino, Zampino. Oh my gosh. And I didn't know anything about drumming. So I'd walk in there and they'd kind of point me in direction. And I could go to Lentines and my brother would just shake his head, put his head down and give me his Lentines credit card. That's how it was. I was family there. <laughs> I was family, family. Nice. So, you know, I put so much yeah. stuff on layaway, did stuff, did that, just, and had a guy named Matt Middleton up there in Akron. He's in. He's a session drummer now. Lives in. Not too, he's in Nashville now. Uh, phenomenal drummer. Uh, What's uh, his Matt name? Middleton. Okay. You should, you should look him up, brother. Maybe you guys can meet up. You yeah, guys yeah. Can meet up. You two would get along. Oh my gosh, you big nerds would get along so well. Gosh, <laughs> you guys would hit it. Hey, I, I resemble that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that remark. So, certainly. <laughs> I resemble that. But uh, you yeah. drum nerds, because I feel stupid sometimes. Like I'm around, like, you know, even my, my bro, Chad Zaliga, you know, this guy's, you know, sold 30 million albums, Breaking Benjamin, and has done all this around the world. But then he's teaching me drums. And sometimes I, my, my brain turns into mush. And I just get like, I freeze. I'm like, uh, yeah. it's like Michael Jordan asking to go shoot hoops. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's just so yeah. surreal sometimes. But I remember walking into Zampinos and, and then walking around and, find, and get another, getting my first, like another, like upgrading my kit for the studio. And, but my first walk around, my first inclination of Zampinos, and I just got off the Warp Tour. I just got home 
from my first like run on the Warp Tour with Green Day, Blink-182, Dysfunctional Ray on the, on the big tour. I come home and I need some drumsticks and drum heads. And, and they're like, dude, you got to go Zampinos. And Lentines, unfortunately, went out of business. And I was so nervous going in there. And Phil was so nice to me. Like he talked to me, not like a yeah. newbie, but he knew who I was. He's like, dude, you're, you're Joey Waller. I mean, I know your older brother and I know your band is off the Warp Tour. It's the biggest tour in the world right now. So I know who you are. I'm honored for you to come into my shop. I'm honored for you to be here. I said, well, I'm not very knowledgeable on the drums. He goes, he goes, I was not that way one day before as myself. So don't, don't let this old facade fool you. I was uh, yeah. in the same shoot. And I know people around here are all, you know, they're all doing this stuff. And it makes you a little nervous. He said, but you're welcome in here anytime, you know, and they're showing off with the rudiments and stuff, you know, and it's like, cause I said, I don't, I barely know eight rudiments, you know, and I'm on doing the biggest tour and you know what I mean? So, Lo and behold, yeah, some of the guys yeah. were really nice to me. And some of the guys, you know, even Colin Killer, he's one of the best snare drum players in the world today. He's won competitions. He's out of he's out of Canton, Ohio. And he would nice, talk yeah. to me and show me a few things. And you know, I was always like a little giddy kid. Hey, hey, show me this. Hey, show me that. Show me that. Hey, what, what, what was that? <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, that was a, a flam to flam paradiddle. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, okay. <laughs> a flam of what? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So yeah, that's cool, man. Lo and behold, like that's why I'm not gonna lie, I got a little nervous when I met you. Oh yeah, because you're one of those guys, you know. (laughs) And you guys kind of threaten me sometimes. You threaten. But I'm, I'm, but I'm a total. Luckily, I'm a total goofball, man. That's the thing. Like when I got to Nashville, and I started meeting people, they're like, I always get this line. I'm not so sure about you, Chad. You know, I got a buddy. (laughs) uh, You know. Okay, but like you know, until they get to know me, that know that I'm just a complete goofball. I'm not some guy trying to come in and take somebody's gig, or you know, I'm here to uh-huh. support. And and uh, you know, you give me the gig, I'm going to take it by the reins. I'm going to kill it. But I'm I'm supporting other people, you know, other musicians, other two of my favorite people. I like to go see Nashville are just drummers, you know, like friends of mine that I made. Nice, um, and, and just just to go to support. And so it's I'm kind of still in that state in Nashville where people are getting to know me. And, uh, you know, you know, don't let the, the rudimentary background or the DCI thing for you. I'm not one of those guys. Okay. I think you know that, though. You know that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you, dude, you're, I, I think you and I that day, we broke the ice and laughed. And it was like, okay, he's not a, a big, mean nerd. Okay, he's okay. He's actually Oh, no, pretty, man. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm a people person, too, man. I'm a talker just like you. So you're yeah. next. So, okay, so so let's go. Okay, we're we're, uh, we're talking about the Warped Tour. So. You start playing the drums. Did, did all that, no, dude? Any training? You start? Do you learn it yourself? None. For what? None. Oh. All just watching videos and and being on the Warp Tour. You know, some of the big wigs like Travis Barker, uh, yeah. my my bro from Alien Ant Farm, and yeah. uh, my boy George, uh, boy George. Yeah. Imagine that two words. My buddy yeah. George from Floggy Molly, the original drummer. Yeah. He uh, these guys took me under the under their wing. Nice. Dave Buckner, yeah. Dave Buckner from Papa Roach. They so all let's, took me let's, under their wing. Let's pause. Let's pause though. So let, let's go in order if we can, because I, I'm excited to, to hear about all the, the Warp Tour stuff. So uh, you're, you're, you're playing drums now. What's the first, uh, you're playing, the? did you do the thing at the Y with your with the mini Pearl Band? No, oh. no, we never played out, man. I just, okay. I went straight from, from singing the drums and never looked back, and then I just rehearsed. And then what's crazy enough, when I was rehearsing with my little brother Jimmy and I rehearsing, then we have other musicians, skateboarding buddies that all I grew up with, uh, named uh, J.C. Diana and Chuck Moore. Uh, J.C.'s on guitar, Chuck's on bass, and the singer happened to be Jeff Diggerson. And it was like, he's like, dude, what, you're playing drums? I'm like, yeah, he's you and Jimmy? I said, yeah. He goes, dude, well, I have a, we're trying to get something together. We have vocals, you know, which is me, 
and then we have a guitarist and the bass player. You know, we could, mm-hmm. we would love to have, you know, the your drummer, you being the drummer and your little brother come by. Let's see if we can throw something together. And the very first night was on April Fool's Day, 1996. Dysfunctional nice. Ray entered the room together, sat down, and we wrote a song within the first 15 minutes called Falling Down. And we wrote it, recorded it on a little cassette, played yeah. it, sang it, wrote it. And then next thing you know, we had a few more rehearsals under our belt. We started playing out. And before we did our warp Tour, people don't realize – before we did our warp tour, we did close to a thousand shows, probably. I would say easily. Yeah, talk talk about that. Easily. Baby you know, we've steps. been we've get... been down in the, you know, I'm glad we had girlfriends and ex-girlfriends and and uh, family members that would come see us. You know, in other words, it'd be tumbleweed. You know, we've yeah. been there. We played, you know, Sata Renee's. We were the house band. We played Beep McLean's the house band. And a lot of these places we played, it's like, you know, and and then putting out and then lucky enough, one of our singles before we did our second warp tour. One of our singles off our album, Inner Circles, a 96.5 radio station in Akron, Ohio. One of the one of the uh, young, I forget what the interns, got a hold of our CD, Inner Circles, and took it into the radio station. And they had a song called Down Under was the name of the song. Yeah. And the 96.5 that summer lost their mind. They played that song probably 300, 500 times. They said it was the most requested song by an unsigned artist in the history of the radio station. Wow. You know, so that kind of that was one of the biggest things, Jeff and I being in the car and hearing that song on the radio, you know, because it was like, you know, we got together and we just start. We were originally called heroin vamp. Okay, meaning a woman that sucks the life out of you. Yeah. (laughs) So that was our first we were all emo. And that was our first like, you know, heroin vamp. And and then we were "Ah," about a year or two later, we started playing more. And it's like. We didn't want the word heroin on our flyers. We didn't want to kind of, yeah. you know, yeah. give that wrong, that wrong, you know, this is a yeah. 1997, 98. Yeah, you know, we wanted, yeah, so we decided, we sat down, we had a bunch of votes and, you know, and we, we came up with different things. And then we thought, it was like, man, there's a guy that would come with us and help us load our gear into every one of our shows. And he'd be like, dude, here, let me, let me hold your drum case. Let me walk in because this chick might think I'm with the band. Let me walk in. Yeah. And he used to always you know, say that, hey, and he's, and he's like, oh, let me carry that. Let me carry that. Let me set up the microphone. Let me set this microphone up. Let me set the microphone up. Then I'll go yeah. sit in the crowd. I'll right sit on. in the crowd. And his name was Ray. And he would get so excited in that first set. We would go play Cheers for three hours, you know. Yeah. And he would set up that first set. He would walk in with us all excited to meet a girl. And by the third set, he was wasted. So we called him Dysfunctional Ray. <laughs> and that's where we came up with the band. And we oh, shorthanded it. We that's shorthanded great. it. Yeah, for DFR. Everybody knew this is DFR for stickers. But we ended up touring around different bands and local bands, you know, have done well in Cleveland. And we hit Peabody's, blew up at Peabody's, did a release party there, you know, filmed a rock video there. You know, know, we were were in the same, for a short time, we were in the same circles. I was playing with a band from Columbus called Ishkabibble. We we won like the best modern alternative band in like 94 in, in Columbus, but and I always, always, you know, in the, in the time of grunge would always get passed over. We, you know, TVT label came up to us and they're like, you guys are amazing. You know, you're just not, you know, that the quote, you're not what we're looking for right now, or you're not what we're signing right now. But we played, yep, a, we played exactly a few bodies. We played right. at the symposium. Yeah. Um, Dan call, dude, Dan call at Peabody's man. And he grog stuck shop? his neck out. The grog yeah. Shop? Dan call. Yeah. Dan call stuck his neck out at Peabody's for us. Kathy at the grog shop. Uh, dude, we played. They played in Lakewood, the Fantasy in Lakewood. Kathy brought us back to open up for Mike Watt 
at least once a year. We are the official Mike Watt openers. That's awesome, man. People don't know who Mike Watt is. A little band called the Minutemen. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. So also yeah. play with Porno yeah. for Pyros on tour. Plays, plays oh, that's why. That's when I met everybody. That's when I met everybody. I met. That's why I met Perry. So and, uh, real quick, I let, let's stick on that guys. too. Um, and so talking about the garage. So yeah. Guys, so um, do you know um, loved it. Do you know Adam Mercer? Oh, shut your mouth. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny because you say we're talking about you know Buddha's toothbrush, uh, uh, Java bean, uh, Java Java bean. Yeah. And then the and then and then uh, a side. That's my crew. Yeah, I so, love those guys. So that, yeah, Adam, so that's, Adam was one of the guys used to make me nervous too, man. I, oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, he's a great drummer. So when we would do Ishkiba, we'll do a show with Java Bean. They come to Columbus. We come over to yep. um, Akron or whatever, play with them. Love those nice guys. And then also the Lime Spider. Also the Franz. Did you know the the Franz? Dude, stop dude, it. Dude. You're going to make me freak out right now. Dude. You're going to make me freak out. That, you understand? That, you want to talk that's about nervous. That drummer, that boy can throw down. I was. Oh, like, my gosh. One of my favorite drummers. He's one of my biggest influences. Oh, dude, dude. man, those I love that. But I still have their. And CD. Derek, Derek France, yeah, France, yeah. And she, dude, she walked off stage one day, walked over and kissed me on the lips. She goes, <laughs> Joey Waller, I am so happy to see you. Oh my gosh, I've they're awesome. I'm, I'm, we're still, we're connected on, uh, we're connected on the old people's book, the Facebook. Uh, and I love them. I, still, I love them, dude. Send them dude, you gotta hook me up. Hook me up with them, please. I beg of you. Yeah, Are yeah. Still, I, I, I anymore, played. Right? I played their track called "Lag" for for my for my music students every year because we have listening stuff. I'm like, yeah. you need you need to hear this, and they're like, who is that? They're trying to name all these current artists who they think it is. I'm like, no, 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 no. You won't find this. Exactly. You wish you knew who. This I still is. have my friend's T-shirt, dude. It's all stained, and you know, nice. Dude, the drummer, man, he reminded me of Scott Mikado from Candlebox. Yeah. His style, man. I love it. I'm yeah. a huge. He when he yeah, he's the one who opened my mind up to have a nice size kit and just playing when you shouldn't be playing with rhythmics and, and just oh, he linear had some stuff. Cool stuff. He, yeah. He, some cool- he went on to be a lawyer, dude. He left drumming to be a lawyer. Yeah. Well, a lot, a lot of people make smart moves like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, yeah, well, harder than we are loaded now. It's probably loaded, loaded than now. us. Uh, but no, oh, no, dude. man, that, the, the, I loved a lot of those bands, but those were the two oh, Java bean. We played a lot with at the dude, time. You and, just got uh, tears and, in my eyes of joy. I love the friends, dude. You understand? Yeah. Well, we're, we'll save that for another episode. We'll have maybe get those guys on here. But uh, uh, I will lose so, my mind. So your band, so Dysfunctional Ray, you're playing gigs, you played a bunch of gigs, everything, yep. a little local radio play. What's the next big spark for the band? What happens? Uh, well, I found out that uh, that they're putting the Vans Warped Tour together. Well, it's all my old skateboarding buddies. They're helping set up the Vans Warped Tour, putting the ramp together, the skateboard ramp, the big vert ramp. Yeah. And this is when they had like the full on you know, motocross, ramps, skateboarding street, and this and that. So I started pulling my old cards and going, hey, Oh, guys, man, what a great. I hear you're going to have music. Smart. So, dude, even Tony Hawk chimed in. Yeah. Tony even chimed in and said, oh, dude, Joey Waller's got a band? You have to put them on. Yeah. So Dave Duncan, Dave Crabb, uh, Bill Danforth, uh, you know, Matt Hensley, uh, just like, you know, Steve Caballero, my buddy Rick Thorne. He's a BMX rider. He's He's in a band called Bikers Were Black. He's, he's out in California. He's a sweetheart, man. But yeah. uh, Bikers in Black, but he uh, he stuck his neck out. And it was to the point that the owner of the Warp Tour, Mr. Kevin Lyman, I love him. I think he's a beautiful person. In my life. He's actually on the wall behind me in my office right now where I'm sitting at. He's uh, <laughs> he's the one who gave me my first like real big start. And he said, here's the deal. I will put you on a few dates on the very first Vans Warp Tour. Because I went to the Warp Tour, you know, it was like, like a year, like a year when it first started, I went to the first Warp Tour with my band. 
And that's when I kind of cornered him and said, Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is, this is my band. Can you put us on any dates? He's like, get a hold of me next year. It's going to be, we're still on our feet. This is the first band's warp tour. Yeah. This is the first warp tour. It wasn't even the band's warp tour. It's called the warp tour. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they, they coincide with vans and I was with vans. So that pulled me some clout. So put it this way, my demo tape, which crazy enough, I was always told back in the day when I met, uh, you know, the Foo Fighters up in Cleveland. Dave's uncle's from Cleveland. Yeah. I ended up meeting him. Dave's Dave's from Ohio. Yeah. Well, he took me backstage to meet his nephew. And Dave took me under his wing. I've been friends. And like I said, I haven't talked to him in a while. Knock on wood. But uh, I'm going to catch up with him one of these days. But he's he's a little busy. He said, said, don't say demo. It's and you're not you're not demonstrating your music. Say promo. You're promoting it. Never say demo. If I hear you say that again, I'm going to kick your ass, Joey. Oh, that's and great. he used to give me a headlock, and he would put me on his lap for interviews and shit. You don't understand, dude. Great he put me over. Yeah, he put me over his shoulder. He told me that. Yeah. He's a great guy, man. He's like the rock. Beautiful. He's like he like he's one of the rock, true rock and roll ambassadors right exactly. now. We don't have a he lot of rock and roll, Sutter, man. Dude. We don't have a lot of rock and roll anymore, and mm-hmm. and he's one of the guys who helped keep it alive along with Jack. Yep. and a yep. couple others that I can mention. That. Yeah, you want to talk about that dude, Billy Joe from Green Day? His wife, I have to sit on her lap every time I'm with them. <laughs> And I even told Billy, I said, Billy, does she know that I'm a grown man? Because I told her. And then she whispered in my ear, because I just love you. I just want to keep you close. To me. It's like you're like, I'm your puppet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Dude, Perry's wife wanted to keep me. And you know what he said? Hey, you can't keep him. He's a man. He's not a pet. You can't keep him. And those, man, I've had those. All those people are great. I haven't met Dave, but Perry Phil. Uh, Porno for Power show in Columbus. He's so sweet. He's one of the sweetest people I have ever met in the Dude, music industry. We knocked heads the first night we met. Oh yeah, like we <laughs> we seriously knocked heads. What happened? I walked into his dressing room and he was changing. And he goes, "Hey," I go, "Hey," he goes, "Is this something I can help you with, maybe, buddy?" And I go, <laughs> "Uh, just kind of walking around backstage and looking for you and everybody else in the band." He goes, "Well, you found me, kind of half naked." You mind turning around? I go, yeah. And I turned around. He goes, so I can talk while I'm putting pants on. So, hi, I'm Perry. I go, hi, I go, I'm Joe, Joe Waller. He goes, yeah, Joe, do you must know someone? Because not everybody walks around backstage like you're doing right now. And I said, well, I'm kind of, I kind of know a few people. He goes, okay. And he starts kneeling down. And he starts doing. I said, I said, Perry, I gotta be honest with you, man. Love the band, love the music, everything. There's some things I don't kind of get a little funky about. With what you do with religion and how you approach it, I'm not judging you. I know you're judging me. I'm just. I just wanted. To, I wanted to be honest with you because I truly think you're one of the most beautiful, amazing artists that I've ever seen in my life. That I'm hanging out with now, and I love you. But I had to let you know I don't approve with what some of your things are, your views. I'm not fully there, and I'm not. I don't know if I'll ever be there, and I'll ever approve of that. But I want to be honest with you right now, <laughs> and I want to tell you. And he goes, "Okay, that's a lot to take in." He goes, "But you know, life gets hard." Yeah, I said, yeah. And he's leaning down. He goes, sometimes it's even hard to get up in the morning and put your shoes on. And I looked at him. You know what I said to him? <laughs> I, I said, well, get fucking Velcro shoes on, old man. I said, easy. Relax. <laughs> he goes, you know what, Joe? I like you. Velcro shoes are cool, man. <laughs> Let's go have some wine. Come on. <laughs> and from that day forward, Perry and I have been friends. I haven't seen him in a while. I'm getting a little emotional. Because yeah. these people mean so much to me in my life. Yeah. And how they 
it's gravitated. so funny. What's they gravitated to me. And they were so nice and accepting me. You know. Yeah, and what what's so nice is what's so funny is man, it's 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 amazing that you and I met because everything we're talking about is like six degrees of separation. It's crazy when that happens. You know, a yep. friend of mine, Kevin Radomski, is a, a great drummer, but I knew him way back when I was at Columbus Pro Percussion. I had a Promark deal endorser deal and when promark was like family owned i don't know if you back in the day the brockstein family owned promark they had customer Uh service they were the most beautiful people and kevin was part of that team well kevin's for the longest time was jane's addiction drum tech and now he now he plays he played on perry farrell's tour he actually played he would actually play on jane's addiction shows on the side of the stage to help out with some percussion stuff and things with stephen perkins but now He's like officially um, when when they did that last thing came through where Perry Farrell came through and they did some Jane's tunes and some porno tunes, some whatever. And then his new stuff, um, Kevin's on there and he's really nice. And I did a uh, how cool. I did a short. Like, yeah, my bro Nick is playing with his new band. They had the the the, the Heaven uh, Orchestra. Yeah, that's my what I'm bro, talking my bro about. Nick, Kevin's my bro in Nick, that band. That's what I'm talking. Well, my bro about. Nick is the guitarist of the band. Australian yeah, guy. I met him and we talked for a little while after that show. That the show here in Atlanta was really fun. And um, but they're just he's all beautiful. great people. He's, you know, he's, he's, the, he's the beautiful. People that, he's beautiful. Yeah, and and everybody, Kevin's great. And um, Stephen, a long time ago when I worked at Columbus Pro Percussion, we did a. We used to do that clinic called Drum Days in Columbus, and um, yeah, Drum Days. They were like, "Hey, Chad, who's a rock guy we can get in?" I said, "Stephen Perkins." I was a little bit yep. green back then when we first met. A couple years later, uh-huh. after Kevin started touring with them, I went. They came back to the uh, Tabernacle, I think, in Atlanta, and went backstage and hung out and said hi to Stephen. And Stephen was really nice, and he, he remembered. Nice. Me. I just seen him at Nam, bro. I just seen him at Nam in January. Yeah, I walked up and I pinched him by his butt. He turned around like, "Who's that?" And he looked at me and goes, oh, Joey. Because he's at my other endorsement, this other company I'm with. We endorse the same, Steve and I endorse the same company, which is the Drum Wallet. You can go on my website, check it out. Those are all great people. Getting back yeah, to the, the band yeah, thing. Got the world tour. The dysfunctional Ray, how'd you get it? Like, when did it when did it come to the point? Where oh, like, dude, hey, you're fine. Be I finally, I finally bothered Kevin, bless his heart. I finally bothered him so much. He said, I'm going to put you on a bunch of dates on the 99 Warp Tour. Just don't call me anymore for a while or text me or email me. <laughs> uh, you're on. Everybody in the skateboarding industry has been on my ass. Everybody saying, so I'm going to tell you some advice right now. I'm going to put you on my tour, but don't suck because you're never be invited back. I was like, okay. Well, that week I went to band practice. Like, hey, guys, guess what? I just got us on the Vans Warp Tour. And they're like, what? Oh, my God, on the Warp Tour. And so we're already talking things out, mapping out, getting a set list. And, we worked really hard for that year before yeah. 1998, and then we hit it. We won the Warp Tour. We did like 15 dates. We went on it. We did it, man. And it was just like, you know, it was a dream come true. And I met everybody on the tour, and I became friends with everybody. Uh, like Travis Barker would take me on the side of the stage and do drum rooms with me. A band called Morgan Heritage, a reggae band. The drummer would take me over with Mike Cosgrove and you know other big wigs and other big drummers. And the told all these all the t- we ended up doing it from 99 to 2007. We did all those years, at least five dates here, 10 dates here, you know. So you didn't dates. suck. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> my first it. show, Kevin like, Kevin came up and he shook my hand. He goes, welcome to the Vans Warp Tour. He said, Joe, I'm glad. Thank, thank you. You know, I went on the Warp Tour, did that in the Dysfunction Array together for many years. Uh, we disbanded after 12 years. Uh, my little brother went to California, raised his child, and everybody went their own way. And I went and worked with a bunch of different bands. A band called Monophonic Mass, a band called The Most Beautiful Losers. I uh, put out some albums with them. I uh, did some studio work, some session work. And then I gradually got into hand percussion. And then I started playing out with anybody and everybody. 
I did that for 10 plus years, you know, and lo and behold, you know, you know, 25 years later, I get, a, you know, I start talking to Chad Zaliga again. I, we knew each other many years before when he was in switched because he's from Lakewood, Ohio. Okay. A band called switched. Switch got blew up and they did the warp tour with us. And I haven't seen Chad, you know, 10, 15 years uh, from the warp tour with switch. But then he left switch and uh, got picked up by breaking Benjamin. Well, he wanted to sell, you know, 30 million albums with them and tour the world and whatnot and become a, just a powerhouse in the music industry and drumming, which he still is, you know, which I got to remind him sometimes he wants to play at black label society. Uh, you know, uh, Corey Glover from, uh, from uh, living color did a side album with him, uh, you know, and then we, we end up rekindling and our friendship and, and he's like, dude, I need you in five months to fly to Pennsylvania. And then we drive to Boston for a Berkeley masterclass. Like what? He goes, yeah, I want you to play percussion in my master class. It's a, it's an hour and a half session. Uh, it's gonna be sold out. He said, but you know, I don't, again, it could be sold out. It may not be. I'm not sure, but I need you to play percussion. I could have called, you know, uh, Alex Cahoon. I could have called, I could have called, you know, any of the, you know, the, the, the many of the big wigs out there in the world that play percussion. He could have called them and say, Hey, I'm playing Berkeley, but I see so much love in your heart. I seen your Monday positive video. I see that you're doing good things in this world. And I've already done it. I've already done the rock star thing. I've already done the fame thing. And I want you to feel it on the level of what I do. Would you play percussion with me at Berkeley? Awesome. And I was like, yes, yes. And then I had to go run to the bathroom because I was scared. I fly out there. I stay with him. We drive to Berkeley. We go in. We set up. We do our master class. Meet a lot of people. Meet the big wigs there. They couldn't believe that I'm even there. I'm, un- I'm self-taught. And these people there start to come in and start to come in. And lo and behold, man, it was a packed, sold-out room. Awesome. Chad and, I did, Chad and I did our clinic. And we got both got each of us got a standing ovation. And he said, he turned around and said, you, I may have sold all these millions of albums and done this in my career, but you, de- you demanded the respect for every person in this room and you deserve everything. You're no longer with the sheep. You're now with the lions. Welcome. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. Boom. So, Good for so you, bro. That, the, that, the head guy from Berkeley came up and gave me a letterhead with my name on it. He goes, you've earned it, young man. That's how you do a clinic. You can walk through Berkeley anywhere in the world and know that you hold your head held high. You performed here at Berkeley. That was amazing. Thank you. So that, lo and behold, you know, got on, just doing this and that with hand percussion. Uh, I play with Joe Vitale band, his uh, his band called Dogwood Lane. Yeah. Beautiful, amazing band. Uh, Christian rock band. And they, they just this phenomenal band. I get to be in the same room with Joe Vitale. Are you kidding me? Cool. And everybody else in the band is so, the guy, the head leader, uh, Dennis Carmichael, beautiful, beautiful person. Everybody in the band is so great. And I'm blessed. I got the audition with them. So, and then I play, you know, the guy named Louis Mischief. I have my national band, Dysfunction Array members. We're back together under a new name called uh, Until I Rise. We're going in the studio. Nice. Got my little brother in it. My bro Heath in the band uh, Trunk Ride. My other buddy Mike Lyon, phenomenal bass player. And uh, and then my little brother, me, on drums and vocals. So I got that. And then uh, working with my manager out in California, Chad and I have the same manager, the Docs Connector Agency, Sean. And he's got clients, uh, Ronnie King, uh, and the guy named Mike House, uh, and me, and Chad. So got that. I've been with him for two years now. I uh, got offered a book deal, which could go into a movie and a, or a TV special or both. I'm putting out children's stories now. And then, uh, and then basically, you know, writing and working with bands, acoustic gigs, I'm on call. I'm on another band, too, 
called the Blue Water Kings. It's a 14-piece band. They're voted the number one uh, corporate band on the East Coast. They rotate 300 members on the East Coast. Uh, I'm one of their top percussionists out of four or five people in Ohio. I work with them, play a few gigs with them during the year. That's great. You'd appreciate this because I'm playing with a 14-piece band, full horn section. Nice, dude. Yeah. And it's contracted that I have bongo mic and I have a vocal mic. Nice. So it's like, wow, it's in a contract. So I've been working with them for almost three years now, and I'm just blessed to be in that band. Amy runs the whole thing. Arida, she's a great, she's a great head mama. She takes care of everything. And it's crazy enough what's going on right now with the world. Oh, yeah. I'm still keeping contact with all my bands and all my people, you know, and I'm and lucky enough, some of my big gigs, the 14 piece, they've already been moved to 2021 already. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and all the other gigs have been changed. I made lessons. I only have one student now. I started teaching on Facebook Messenger now. And uh, it's been crazy, man. But the whole community, uh, the whole music community, I just, you know, love and prayers, man, and good vibes. Yeah. You know, with everybody. And that's we gotta another push thing. Through this, that's man. another thing, bro, is, is you, you, um, your positive, weekly positive vibes, man. You just keep putting the positivity. There's so much darkness and negativity out there, bro, and people going at each other's throats, and you just come at it with positivity. Yep. One of you know the people that that I look up to on Facebook yep. that are just, you know what? I'm not giving into this hate thing, this political thing. I'm not doing it. I'm, we you can't. Know. We can't. If we're if we're gonna survive, and we're gonna continue surviving, we have to put everything aside that brings negativity and hate, because ignorance breeds no future yeah and i'll tell you right now man that's why i go facebook live on monday i've been doing it for four years yeah. my monday positive videos get between 300 to 1100 views a week that's four years strong a young kid a young man named sean he passed away he started doing one minute with sean rest in peace he guided me to that and i was like well, that inspired me and i love it and these videos are helping me yeah you know uh, for four years now and i'm starting to see people starting to do videos now it's like well i'm happy i was doing this four years oh, ago yeah. but the thing is i'm not saying i'm a trendsetter but I'm in the trenches of life. I'm always pushing that positive narrative. And that's why I'm doing right now with this. Everybody locked in every Wednesday. I try to do the Wednesday hump edition with Joe motion, just checking in on everybody. Yeah. Let everybody know. Hey man, calm down. Relax. Yeah. Well, we're, you know, we're, you know the, the, the whole, the whole things. industry is paralyzed right now. So we've got to make do, yep. we've got to be positive. We got to, we, we know it'll come back. It's, and it's, but you know, I've, yeah. knock on wood, knock me, on wood brother. for me, man, like in Nashville, I, you know, to land my feet in Nashville and have some cash and flow, I took this rock band. Rock I'm so proud. I'm, I'm on all. I got to cut you yeah. off. Ready? I'm very proud of you, bro. Well, thanks, man. You, 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 you did what you wanted to do when I was talking to you. And I'll take off my hat to you, dude. And you're in my corner. And you're in my residence. Is it a Vans hat? And if I can ever, and I can, and, and this is, this is documented. If I can ever help you out, man. Call me out. Cause I'm really extremely proud oh, of you. I appreciate it, man. That's, I appreciate it. I said, is it a Vans hat you're taking off? Cause I'll take it. <laughs> uh, one of these days i'll i'll pull uh, when you come up again i'll get some bands flag i got a few hoodies here right on your, hey real, real, man, really I got quick you before i forget total let's see how how much skate knowledge you have all right as far as bands go see this is a shot in the dark a band called flashpoint sounds real right. familiar now so that's cal stevenson from helmet that's his old band they were they they wow. just like you they but they they had some we did the warp tour with helmet we well, met him yeah dude yeah. your your boy I freaked out when I met your boy he got down on one knee dude okay. and hugged me yeah yeah yes he got down on one knee and I when I dude that was one of the best bands besides three eleven and yes yeah that is one of the best live bands I've seen in my life yeah they're still, I don't know still how, doing it dude still doing dude, it and for, uh, forgive my friend right now but they're set. 
is tighter than a bull's ass during Nat season. <laughs> Beautiful. I don't know how. I don't know how. Well, I, I, I was up, sweating I and tired point. after their Check chat. out my, I, I think you might, if you haven't heard it yet, my episode one with Kyle Stevens in the interview. And he, okay. he was talking, dude, same kind of, dude, parallel life to you. Like he was doing, he was uh, working at skateboard shops, playing some drums. He knew somebody mm-hmm. that knew Paige. New page was putting a new helmet, you know, lineup together. And that was, uh-huh. band. and that, and, but he, uh, wow. he was in this band, uh, you know, band that was starting out. They had a, they, they actually had some, uh, they had some label rep and they had some stuff going, but they did the Oz Fest. So like, nice. like similar dude that you did the warp tour. They went, uh, dude, we turned down Oz Fest. Oh, wow. Dysfunctional rate turned down Oz Fest to do warp tour. And Kevin was honored, but Oz Fest was pissed, but they understand because I, I explained to them, that I ride for vans. Yeah, yeah. I am endorsed by vans. I can't. And then, do we turn down a record label with Marilyn Manson? I I was the one that said no, because I didn't want to go on tour with the band and have to go back and watch Aladdin and read a Bible all night and be scared. That's not my gig. <laughs> I turned that down, dude. And 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 you know, it's like in, in the past few months, I haven't really said much either. Too, I turned down some other gigs. Do you know? I got all. Do you know? I got Marilyn? Have you ever? Have you ever met Marilyn? I have. I've had a chance, and I said no. I had a chance to meet Pete Peter Steele from Typo Negative, and he scared me. Does, May he rest in does peace. Does Mar- now Marilyn? I mean, he's got roots in Canton, but he hasn't been back. I'm guessing. Oh yeah, yeah. I just his. I may he rest in peace too. His father, man, but his dad's the one that approached me in a bar and said, hey. Your drummer of dysfunctional race. Yeah, we want to sign you. I'm like, ah, I'm not really feeling it. He's like, okay, well, not used to hearing that. And then we <laughs> got an offer from that, though, man. You know, I was like, hey, man, that's then my one of my band members got really pissed off at me. Everybody else agreed. You know, yeah. I'm just it's not my vibe. I got I got offered a percussion audition with Slipknot this past year, and I turned that down. Yeah, it's not it's not. I would rather do my gig and feel that I, I the, the energy and the power that I'm thankful to be there than to lie and smile for that paycheck. I'm not that yeah, guy. Yeah. And I, and I, and I just, I had to be honest with my manager and my Andrew, my manager respected me even more because he surprised that I turned that audition down. Yeah. I want to hold on to my roots. So what's the, what's the words? What's Tony Montana say? Yeah. There's two words in the two things in this world. I don't yeah. break. That's my word and my yeah. balls. <laughs> that's is- the thing. I got to stick to my guns. Dude. I yeah. got to, even though I know, you know, this there's times at the end of the month, that I'm so broke, I go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and lick someone else's fingers. You know, <laughs> you're like if, if you're like, they're like the, uh, the 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 skateboard version of uh, Rodney Dangerfield on the jokes. There, I love it. Hey, yeah, uh, hey, no respect, no, no respect. respect. No, here's my idols too, Rodney. But I love comedy. My whole band, dude, you'll appreciate this because every time on the Warp Tour, if I kept quiet for one hour during the day and didn't make everybody laugh on tour, I got Dairy Queen or a strip club. <laughs> And I, dude, those last eight minutes of shutting my mouth was so difficult. They're like, he's turning green. Yeah, one day in Atlanta, I got a strip club. I got a strip club and a crunch cone. I was in, oh my gosh. So yeah, that's another story. But well, yeah, what I was saying, but back, get, going back to that, you know, turn down the Ozfest and do those type of things. Uh-huh. You have to do those things, and also you don't want to ever look yep. desperate. You don't want to look needy, and you you you, oh, you. you got to own it, you know. And uh, a friend of mine, yeah, a really talented keyboard player that I play with, Ed Roth in Los Angeles. He says, neediness is the worst smelling cologne. Wow. <laughs> Blew my mind. Oh, my God. Blew That's my mind so that true, one. man. Yeah. You got to go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. You know what yeah. I mean? Yep. That's, oh, my gosh. That makes so, dude, you got to text that to me. I, I, you know, you go back to when you're a kid, like a kid kid, like you were geeking out about the skateboard guys. You know, me, you know, I, I went to see like Tommy Aldridge and Rudy Sarzo in a clinic with like 
maybe a uh-huh. hundred people were there at the height of the Ozzy uh-huh. tour, you know, and I get to see them talk about music and Randy Rhodes and like, I'm just geeking out my mind. And, and fast forward, I've met famous people. I've met a lot of people. I've been on the set with Jason B- Ozark. I've met stranger things, kids. I've been all that. And I, I just, they're just people and you, you treat them. What's fun is when you can treat them like another person and they respect that you're not trying to get an autograph. Exactly. You're not trying to be needy. And so, you know, it's, and it's the thing. I get a little giddy sometimes. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Well, man. like one you time know, I, the I day, the day I get to meet Mariska Hargitay, yeah. I will purr by her feet like a little kitten. <laughs> I mean, even when I get a text from Chad or Todd Zuckerman, yeah. you know, or my bros from Flogging Molly, or I get a call from Collective Soul, I get a little kind of, okay, this is crazy. Okay. How you doing? What's up, man? And I get a little excited. I'm still that giddy kid. And people don't realize that. Yeah, that's their money. It's not my money. I'm still living. I think we paycheck, talk too, man. But but I talk love about it. Six but degrees, I love that you and I are so you're like you and I are five and a half degrees. Childress and and um and Will Turpin. Yeah, Will's that's that's my family. Yeah. Will's the one who got me the gig with Collective yeah. Soul, and that's why I'm on. It's so call funny, with man, because man. he's he's come he's, he's family. Come to see one of my he's little family. side gigs. They're really nice guys here in Georgia, you know, and they they're great musicians. Oh, dude, you 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 got to well, yeah, I just texted him about doing the radio show. Yeah, I talked to Will on a complete base. When I got my first gig with Collective Soul, you know, it was pretty much, I didn't find out till 11 uh, p.m. the night before. And he said, you got the gigs, bring your bongos, don't be late. There was no <laughs> rehearsal, no sound yeah. check. Boom. I, I have my own dressing room with Will. Will and I show the dressing room. Got catered, got a police escort. And it's like, boom, walk out, 10,000 people, you know, sold out, you know, uh, one of the big venues in Cleveland. It's like, you know, uh, and then they announced me. Big speech, Joe Waller, big speech. I walk around the stage. You can go on my website and see this whole performance yeah. on motionjoe.com. I saw and it. There was no performance. I had no inner monitors and there was no stage monitors, bro. Yeah. Not one on stage. So it was me and Johnny Rab keeping eye contact and me doing what I do. And then, boom, rocked it out, had a great time. Will came up to me at the end of the show. He goes, dude, you knocked that out of the park. So I'm always on call with that, and always on call with my bro Chad. Yeah, man. My manager. Well, that's great. You know, and all the other bands, just trying to work. I'm even doing these Friday night performances on uh, on Facebook Live. I've been doing for the past month because I'm trying to bring good energy. And I make tips. Did I made more tip money than I did in like past my two gigs regular? Yeah, good and for it's you. Like, but but you know what, man? It's not about the tips. It's like I want people to just get away from everything right now. Look on that screen and smile. Crack open a drink. Be in your PJs. Dance around the room. Just whatever. Exactly, I, I just want to change the atmosphere and let people know that there is hope. Yeah, there sure is, man. And, you, and you're such uh, you're a positive light, bro. And uh, that one of the reasons why you've had the success and, and met all the people you have and play with the people you have is is you're a positive light, bro. You know, and that's that's rare these days, bro. It's rare. And not, not in my because I, I only like to surround myself with those people. And that's another thing, too. You keep shedding the toxic people in your life. Dude, and dude you're gonna have you ready? You ready, bro? You ready? Yeah. This is what I do. No negative Nancys, no stinker thinkers. And I've learned now that I'm trying to work smarter, not harder. I want to do less gigs for better pay. Yeah. And I, it's okay for me to say no to a certain gig now because I've built that resume. You know, I go out and do some benefits, stuff like that, and I'll go out and do some other things. I sneak out the jam night because I just want to play, dude. I want to sweat my ass and just yeah, play and close I, I my don't eyes. Do, I, I don't do a gig or something unless I like it. You know, I have to, I yeah. have to love I'll it. Do it anymore. Like it. I'm giving you permission right now. You may use what Joe Waller uses. I'm saying third person. You ready? From this day forward, you're going to say, guess what? I'm only going to do this gig if it's pants worthy. If I got to put pants on and leave my house, it better be worth it. <laughs>
That's my new nice. rule I'm giving to you. I like that, bro. You're my young, you're my young Padawan. I like it. Even though you're oh, like teach the, me. you're like the teach me. Yes, you're like the Yoda of of, of rudiments <laughs> and your 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 groove. And dude, you got so much stank on what you do. I don't understand how you're so white with all that stank. Uh, you know what? Let me give you a secret. My mother, when she was pregnant with me, would lean over the stereo. And the number one thing my my white conservative Ohio parents listened to was James Brown. Oh my gosh, dude, that's a, that explains everything. So much so, dude, you check this ooze. out. When I was born, I came out and I was a toddler. I would hide my mom's keys in the record player because I wanted to hear more James Brown. Shut so she mouth. would be late to work because, and then she's like, "Chad, throw the keys in the record player again." She's like, "Yeah." And fast fast, <laughs> fast forward to uh, when I was working with Columbus Pro Percussion, probably 1997 or 98, right at the end before I left Ohio. There was this Yamaha rep guy named Mike Johnson, really cool cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, "You want to come meet Clyde and Jabo tonight?" I'm like, "What?" Ah! I go, he tells me they're getting ready to leave town, but they're going to be in town for another hour and they have to wait. You're going to make me cry right now. I go now. to the hotel room and it's Mike Johnson, Clyde, Clyde and Jabo in the hotel room sitting on a bed <sighs> and me. I, I don't know okay. what to say to him. You know, I'm just like, I just, you know, I was kind of t- made some conversation because I'm a social butterfly. I like to talk to people. And I just say, hey, you know, how's it going? And, you know, it's like, and Mike was nice enough to, you know, invite this. I was the only white guy in the room, you know. <laughs> and, 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 but I, I grew up on that stuff. You know, I, I, oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I had somebody there's, they're doing a new film, uh, give the drummer some, it's a tribute to Clyde. Check it out on Instagram. Yep. It's, it's, it's yep. an independent thing. But, um, I had, I, I submitted a clip of me playing the funky drummer beat. Somebody got on there. Oh, somebody, I can't remember who it was, but he's like, dude, that's one of the first times I've seen it played right. And I was like, that was a big, nice, was a big thing for me. Cause I was like, you know, you know, I mean, I, but I, I can groove, man. And that's why my mother, my parent, my, my parents went to James Brown and bootlegged the concert on a cassette tape. I have it. Freaking awesome. Um, I'll yeah. have to send you that sometime. I don't I'm, claim any rights to I'm, it, I, by the way. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to have a guy like you in my life, too, that, you know, you're like the one of the real deals on the whole teaching and knowledge of drums and just can walk. Oh, yeah. Oh, you want, I'm behind this book and this podium. Oh, you want to play? And boom, you go out there and bust that shit out. It's like, yep, this cat can play yeah. too. I've been trying to stay busy in the quarantine too. And that's what makes me feel like normal. I, I went outside for like three and a yep. half, four hours the other day and just did a bunch of videos. So I'm rolling those out right now. And we got to do a duet dude, one. We got to do a one drum and dude, percussion. we're going to play together. It's going to happen. We got it's to. And do right now, what you're doing too, me on the quarantine, I've been doing, called my manager, doing other things. What can I do in society? What can I do to help society? Uh, I've been putting out and I've been shopping for new endorsements. I talked to two big companies today. I'm still shopping my resume, doing this and that, making business calls for Chad, helping each other out, and just trying to keep an eye on my mom if she got groceries and just checking in on my family. And you know what? Waking up and going, you know what, man? I'm waking up today. Wait, wait, that's the first thing I did today. Thank you, Lord. I yeah. woke up. Yeah. Thank you. You know what I mean? Me and everything too. else is just a blessing. Everything else is just, just icing on the cake of this world. In this world where it's tough right now, but you know what? We have a lot more things to be thankful for than not. Now I'll, I'll leave it right yeah, there. Man. Well, Joe, man, you're you're positive ray of not a dysfunctional ray of light, but a positive <laughs> ray of light, dude. And uh, you know what? I'm gonna find me. A, I want to get a dysfunctional ray T-shirt, man. I'm amped up, <laughs> and uh, we, we're definitely gonna hang. Next time I get back, let's conclude here. Hang on the line for a minute, but man, I've had a great time, and and you, 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 man, I. I thought I talked a lot, man. You got so much energy. I I I admire you, man. I I want to I want to bottle up what you have and sell it, man. Oh gosh, <laughs> I'm getting into motivational speaking too in my latter part of my life. Get it? The down down you, by the river, Chris Barley part two speech. Oh gosh, no, it's called Jodivation. Jodiv- I like that. 
I got I like it. That. Hey, knock on wood, knock on wood, Dude, brother. That's really cool. I want to even when I when I'm too old to get up there and play them drums and bongas, I want to walk out on the stage and help some people. Dude. So you know, I'm just going forward and putting his hands upstairs. Whatever's meant to be, you know. Let's all go forward and, and try to do good. Let's you know? do it, Joe. Hey, God bless, man. Thanks for the interview. And you hang too, on brother. The line for a minute, all right? All right, bless you, man. Peace Thank out. you. This concludes our episode for Oh Those Drummers Part 2, our interview with Joe Waller, a.k.a. Joe Motion. We hope you enjoyed it, and you can check out Joe on social media, on Instagram and Facebook for more information. Thank you so much, and we'll see you on the next episode.